Hello, this is Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer. Welcome home. Soar into tower. We are ready for takeoff. Manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey, it's Amy from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, Clubbers, it's Scott from DVC Clubhouse. Hey, it's Kathleen from DVC Clubhouse. Welcome aboard, it's Phil from DVC Clubhouse. Hey everyone, it's Amy back with another episode of the Debrief Podcast. I'd like to say that I'm joined as usual by all of my co-hosts, but today I'm just joined here by Phil because unfortunately Scott and Kathleen are a little bit under the weather. We all got together for the clubhouse holiday reunion and they brought home with them the gift of illness and sniffles and laryngitis and the disney crud yeah they they got the some other form of disney magic that is contagious <laughs> um but yeah so unfortunately they are not joining us um today but phil is here so hello phil welcome aboard guys i would like to point out that she introduced me as just phil so that shows you where i stand in the pecking order here like to be here with everybody, but unfortunately, Scott and Kathleen are ill, so just Phil is I'm just stuck with Phil. Just stuck with me. <laughs> but yeah, we all got together over this past weekend. Was it this? Well, I guess it was a week ago now. I don't know. I, a week and a half ago. Yeah, you left Disney a week ago today, right? Oh, yeah, that's that is correct. So yeah, so this is the first episode that we're recording since we were all together for the Clubhouse Holiday Reunion, which was a lot of fun. There were a bunch of us um, who got together at different points throughout the weekend. So so that was a lot of fun. Um, so thank you for, for anybody who was there and for the people who just said hi if you were in the park. That was fun to uh, meet some people unexpectedly. So thanks for thanks for saying hi. Yeah, I, I got to, I guess, apologize to those that I didn't get to meet up with. As most of you may know, we were down there for a family vacation. So I had my wife and a nine and 11 year old in tow. So as much as lounge hopping around Animal Kingdom sounded incredible, the kids really weren't up for that. Also, to those who were making commentary about my voice, I was suffering from a cold. So, yes, this is actually my voice when I'm not recovering. No, that, that was awesome. Was people were like, you know, I was really thrown by Phil's voice when I when I met him because he has this like really deep voice on the podcast and he didn't sound that way in person. My wife calls it my big boy voice. I was like, that's his podcast voice. So, OK, so a little backstory. So I started as a rescue boat captain at the age of 18 and I realized very early on that when I showed up on scene with all these older people, they wouldn't take me seriously. So I had to assume this like big radio voice and apparently it just stuck with me. So this is my work telephone and podcast voice apparently. Plus we were Your laughing and voice. screaming so loudly at Rosa. I don't think I could have maintained this voice for any period of time. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't there for that part, but. You missed Jordan number two. Yeah, I missed I missed the Rosa fun. We'll, we'll need to we'll need to add that to the schedule the next time we're all there. Well, I think something else we should point out is this is dropping on Christmas Day. You you will all hear this Christmas morning if you choose to download it and I guess listen to us instead of enjoying the holiday with your family. That was a little presumptuous, wasn't it? Maybe you need an escape from your family and you've decided to put this in. So Merry Christmas to those who celebrate if you are listening on Christmas and to those who are not celebrating Christmas, we're happy to give you something to do on this day where there's really not much else to do because everything is closed. So you're welcome. I want to show a, a throw a special Christmas shout out to our uh, buddy Aaron, who I guess has been listening to the podcast. So Merry Christmas, buddy. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Aaron. Thanks for being a fan and good job convincing your family to become DVC owners. That was a w well done, buddy. Fantastic. So what are we talking about today, Amy? So in the spirit of the holidays, we are going to talk about 
the things that we wish for. And a little bit appropriate, too, because although I didn't love the movie, the movie Disney Wish um, was just just came out in theaters. And so we're going to talk about the our Disney wishes, the things that we would like to see changed or introduced into our Disney vacation experience that is not already a part of it or used to be a part of it and went away or whatever it is. So the sky is the limit here. Well, you said you had the longest list. I've got a couple that are a little salty. I've got a couple that are near and dear to my heart, but it sounded like you just, you had journals full of Disney wishes. So why don't you kick off? You know, because I, I do a lot of you know, kind of like sitting around when I go to Disney and like relaxing and kind of people watching and and looking for quiet nooks. I observe a lot of things. And so I just see opportunities that are missed all over the place or, or you know, things that are just kind of don't make sense to me that I'm like, you know, if I was in charge here, this is what I would do. So, um, I mean, these are, I mean, maybe people would think that these are minor, but they're, because I am a person who enjoys finding places to sit and kind of people watch, whether it's in a Zen location or not, there are a couple of places on property, particularly in resorts, that I just feel like are huge missed opportunities. And and in some of the resorts that we often talk about as not being our favorites. And I think that there are some things that they could do that would be kind of easy. That would be um, real enhancements to the res- to these resorts. And so no surprise, I'm talking about Bay Lake Tower, Riviera. And this time I'm talking about Saratoga Springs um, with maybe, maybe Old Key West. But so two of those surprised me. Two of those did not. So really, uh, I think. When you think about the the Grand Concourse at the Contemporary, I feel like there is so much wasted space. Now, they're using every inch of it, but I feel like there is so much merch space on the Grand Concourse. And that middle one that they, like that toy store that they threw in the middle. That, that weird, like, was supposed to be a temporary fireworks stand before the 4th of July, but it just never went away and takes up the space. And it takes up the like the entire length of that one side of like the opposite side, not where the restaurants are, but the other side. Which is too bad because there's some fantastic shops around there. Yeah, Well, I think that their gift shop is the one that is actually like, what is it? Buena Vista Gifts, BVG. The one that's on the side, like where the windows are. That's a pretty big gift shop, and it and it's has some great stuff in there. Like that's that's, what, that's a gift shop that I always enjoy going into. And then on the opposite corner, you have like the more kind of DVC type market stuff where you can get your, you know, some food items and some drinks and toiletries and stuff like that. But then you've got this giant space filled with just other merch that I just feel like they could put it someplace else or quite honestly I feel like they could just lose it I mean the contemporary is so close to Magic Kingdom which has so much merch I don't know why they need to have that that there and what I wish especially because that is the side of the the um, Grand Concourse that you enter into when you come over from Bay Lake Tower is I wish that they would lose that that shop in the middle and put a larger like lounge type area, lose the outer rim, which is that tiny little one that's like nestled up on the other side of the escalators. Well, that's just the thing. That space is so confusing to begin with where the lobby is versus where the grand concourse is versus where the monorail is. And there's like some half levels and you've got to make your way through the grand concourse and around shops and there's shops on your left and there's that stand up on the right. It's just, it's busy and confusing. And I think the shops you're referring to not only take up space and it's just an example of them trying to monetize every square foot, but it just makes it much more confusing and much more harried trying to get through that space. And I feel like that would be a really great spot. If you put a bar and then put some really great lounge seating around there, put some like, trees and plant life like an indoor kind of like garden or even hanging garden because even like the way that those levels of the contemporary are it kind of lends itself to that type of like hanging garden type of look for those that have been there a cross between the open inviting space of polynesian 
or something similar in the bar atmosphere over at Dolphin because Dolphin is set up kind of similar with the escalators going up and down. And that's a great space. I mean, we've sat there a few times and we've met up with Scott and Kathleen and we were there again last weekend. That's a really cool space. It draws people in. I'm sure the bar makes all the money that the toy store does. And it's just a cool communal gathering space, which is, I think, what that area you're referring to is lacking. Yeah, I, that's exactly what it is. And because that outer rim bar is just, it's a, like a tiny little in like shoved off into some corner and it's literally has the old furniture from the wave just crammed in there. I think that there's a huge opportunity for for them to make that a really nice communal gathering space with the, with the bar, with lounge seating. And the monorail coming in overhead, what's a cooler space yeah, to hang out? It would be amazing. And if you're coming from Bay Lake Tower, that would be a space that you're walking through to get to the monorail or to get to the dining options or to the gift shop. I think that it's a place where people would really just end up sitting and lingering and spending all the money, probably spending more money there. I know I would spend more money there than I do in a, a, an additional gift shop there. I don't even drink and I would happily hang out and spend money there. Yeah. So I I mean, I think that that is like a huge missed opportunity and it would be a huge upgrade for because now that they have taken the top of the world lounge and made it this like reservation only prefix thing. I think that Bay Lake Tower really is kind of lacking that type of like community gathering space. And that would be an awesome spot. Another place that is suffering from that type of atmosphere is the Turf Club Lounge at Saratoga Springs. Now, I just stayed there with Emily from from our group, um, stayed at Saratoga Springs, and we went and we had a drink one night at the Turf Club Lounge, which is really just this weird, it almost, it kind of like reminds me of like somebody's basement. You know, it has like a pool table and some like random furniture around. Like they had some like random couch that didn't match like the rest of the furniture. And it really reminded me of like somebody's basement. And rather than having an actual like bar, it has like a bar window. And I feel like that would be a space too where, and it, and, and it's, so it's right outside of the Turf Club restaurant which doesn't have a bar. And I just feel as though like there are opportunities to have spaces in these DVC resorts, especially these DVC resorts like Saratoga Springs and Riviera and even Old Key West, because I love gurgling suitcase, but it's tiny. So tiny. And I love hanging with Lorna, but you can get six people in there and then it starts getting crowded. Yeah. And it's it's really cramped. And so I feel like there are spa there are spaces in these resorts. Because, you know, when you think about Riviera, and I know that the people who own it, Riviera, absolutely love it. And they love Bar Riva and they love that that um, rooftop lounge off of um, Topolino's. But there's really no space that kind of is like a gathering space that's not a attached to the restaurant. And Bar Riva, it's a pool bar, you know, and it might be a little bit more covered and feel like it's inside. But on a hot day, it's you're not going to go there and feel comfortable like there I just feel like you know that Voyager's lounge that's off of the um coffee shop Le, Le Petit Cafe is that to me it's like a it's it's an awesome space that I feel like they could have done even more with to get people to kind of like be and and look I'm a person who enjoys at the end of the day being able to sit and grab like a glass of wine in a group setting where there are going to be people walking by. And I just feel like that, that, that is, uh, for me, a big wish for me is in those resorts that don't have that type of, um, gathering space for them to add that. And, and I'll add to it. I really would love for them to add a snack bar slash like bar and grill at the beach club villas pool. Because I love that pool and there's a building there that they could totally turn that into. So that's just, that's, that's one of mine. I, you know, kind of to add to that community feel, but that's like all about, like, that's totally speaks to me and how I am as a person. Like I love to connect with people. So I want more spaces where I can just be like hanging out and feeling immersed in a Disney vibe while connecting with others. I've never been to Turf Club or Saratoga. It's funny you say that. 
buddy of mine who I was at the condo association meeting with, Joe Quattrochi, um, you know, he walked up to the GM of Saratoga and they seemed to have a pretty big conversation about how they want to reimagine that place. And he was very open-minded in listening to Joe talk about, you know, maybe turning it more into a golf resort and having that golf feel. So I think they are keenly aware of what their shortcomings are there. And I think they're looking to make some changes because they had a, a pretty frank conversation and he was taking notes. He actually took out a little notepad and started to write things down. So you might see some changes there. I would love that because I think that that is a space that, well, because I, we ordered food from Artist's Palette and brought it over to Was that after you were Turk stalking me from behind a column at Hollywood Studios? Yes, that, that is was. precisely when that was. Okay. Um, and, and I, just so everyone knows. I threw uh, Amy Emily, again. It happens every episode. Emily and I were waiting for, we were at, we had been at Hollywood Studios with Phil and his family. We were seeing, um, we saw Fantasmic together and I will never forget when I was singing and really into it and just Phil's pouring daughter, your heart Mackenzie, into it. Yeah. It was like, Amy, do you know that we can see you? <laughs> No, she not. No, she's Amy. Amy, everyone can see you, you know. <laughs> and I was like, well, yes, they can. And I'm I, sorry. I derailed you. I Artist. No, no, it's okay. So anyway, so when we left, um, I, I, I'm just explaining about the stalking comment. No, I don't want you to explain. So when we it all stands walked better out together. On <laughs> when we, well, the Saratoga Springs bus stop was like directly across from the old Key West bus stop. And... Phil and his family were going to Old Key West and Emily and I were going to Saratoga Springs and um, I took a picture of of him and his family and texted it to him while hiding behind a column as as normal human beings do. And then we raced to see who could get on the bus first. (laughs) And because I am like stupidly competitive, I was like racing onto the bus looking behind me to see if I got on before them. And I tripped onto the bus because (laughs) I wasn't looking where I was going. So. You know, just a 47-year-old woman at Disney World just doing her thing. Racing to the but bus. But anyway, we, so we, once, when we got there, we went to a, to Turf Club, yes, and we grabbed food at Artist Palette. And I actually really loved what I ate. I was, like, kind of blown away by it. And that's when I was sitting there thinking about all of these things because I was like, gosh, this would be such a great space. It's just so underutilized. It's a, And it's a weird space. And, and you know, it's funny because i i thought about the fact that you know they called it turf club because clearly they wanted to like talk about i guess like the fact like the fact that the golf course is right there they're like playing on that i guess i don't i don't really horse know. racing is that what that I turf think so. club it's all means? supposed to be about saratoga and horse racing so i don't know i i was just sitting there feeling like i just don't understand what this space is is it supposed to be serving the the golf the the golfers who are playing like literally right down the stairs is where the pro shop is or is this meant to be for the people who are staying here like i i just don't know and so i would love it if they would i would really really love it that's like that's that that's a big wish for me because i've been staying at saratoga springs more and you know and i feel bad for saratoga springs because i feel like people just automatically say well oh it's right across from disney springs so it doesn't need Uh, you know, any of that. But I don't think that's true. If you're staying at Saratoga Springs, you don't want to have to schlep over to Disney Springs just for a drink or for some food if you just want something quickly or you don't or you don't feel like you're not having a Disney Springs night. So I think that that Saratoga, I think that the food has the quality of the food has improved. I would like for them to now improve like the environment and the ambiance of that space over there. So what about you? I just went on for a very long time about lounges. And uh, well, actually, I so I, I, I touched on Voyager's Lounge, how I want them to kind of make that space expanded a little bit. And then also just to we touched on Old Key West. But I feel like that Old Key West lobby, like uh, half of it is just wasted space. Like Easily there's nothing going it, on in there. That whole back half that extends towards the resort is just completely wasted space. So they could have like a, another little lounge area over there, I think. So so that's it. So that's that's wish number one for me. It's just kind of enhanced gathering spaces at the DVC resorts. So you mentioned merch at 
contemporary and merchandise actually made my list twice. So the first is, and I noticed it going through a bunch of the bigger gift shops, the Emporium, Creations, all of that. I would really like some more higher quality merchandise. It seems like there's this vast gulf between kitschy, really cheaply manufactured t-shirts that are just god awful and then really expensive handbags on the other side in jewelry what about solid and i'm going to go into dvc probably with the same argument just some solid good clothing for those of us that are fans to wear or some you know i I used to take home a coffee mug every time we went there and the coffee mugs lately have been terrible. They've either been junk or these big monstrosities that you would never drink out of. My son was looking for a Disney tie. It was right before Christmas. You would think that Disney ties would be all over the place to give to dad for Christmas. I couldn't find a single one on property anywhere. As far as DVC goes, at the risk of offending anybody, which I seem to have a habit of doing lately, I would love to see some DVC clothing for men in their 30s and 40s. Give me a good Nike dry fit quarter zip, an Under Armour quarter zip, a reasonably decent fleece pullover that didn't have loud brash colors or this big giant gaudy logo. Just give me a quarter zip from Nike or Under Armour that says DVC member or something of that nature and I will buy six of them. I think they've done really well for the woman. My wife has seen some things in the last few visits that are absolutely phenomenal. And quite frankly, if they made it in a different color other than like a pink coral or something like that, I would purchase it. But for men, I see these god-awful Hawaiian shirts. And I mean, this is the guy that wears the tiki bird button-down short sleeve. I have no problem with, with going over the edge. But give me something I can wear on a daily basis that identifies the DVC brand And I would buy that in a heartbeat. There is, in my opinion, and I've heard this from a lot of other guys around my age as well, there is almost nothing that we would purchase from DVC as far as clothing that we would be comfortable wearing on a daily basis or would wear. Just give me the email to the merch person or the marketing person for DVC. I will send them a list of the clothing that people of our age wear on a regular basis and just stock one quarter zip, just one, and I will buy it. But other than that, I can walk through those gift shops day in and day out and not see a single thing that appeals to me as a 44-year-old man that's a DVC owner. I agree with you on the merch. And I, I mean, even even the the stuff for, for women, I feel like it's become increasingly harder to find stuff that you don't feel like, like Disney threw up all over it. Like there's just so much... Because I'm I'm not a person who like likes to wear a ton of Disney branded stuff if it's not subtle. Like when I'm out and about in my daily life, like I I will wear it, but I want it to be subtle. And so I have a um a DVC fleece that I ordered that I bought from Poshmark because it was older. Because they used to do that. They used to have this like just kind of like subtle branded stuff that you could that you could get. And I wanted something that was a little bit, I didn't want a big graphic on the back. I didn't want a giant graphic, like where like the logo would go. I just wanted something that said like DVC member. And, and so that's, I found you said it, it yourself, Poshmark. what the old stuff is. I saw some hats in some fleece vest at the, the member meeting that they had at the contemporary, the, the association meeting. And they were all phenomenal. And you ask them where they got them. And the answer was the same. Well, I got this back at Old Key West in 2002. I got this at Saratoga in 2006. All the new stuff is just over the top. Same thing with the t-shirts. I have two dozen Disney t-shirts, but they're all from third-party vendors because they're subtle. I'm 44 years old. I am not going to wear a purple Disney t-shirt that has the castle on the front with every character hanging off the side. It's just not me. I think, you know, obviously their merchandising people know what they sell. I get it. But they're missing an entire demographic by not offering something that's just a little more understated. Yeah. I Also, they used to have that big line of um, Disney golf apparel. And it's hard to find that, too. I don't I, I feel like they discontinued that. In fairness, I haven't been into a, a pro shop, but I feel like you used to be able to get it at the Grand Floridian. 
you know, I'm with you because I feel like the issue is that you're either getting some like generic, like they 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 pick a pattern to go with whatever year or celebration they're having, and it's like all over everything. Or they've got these, you know, these branded um, like licensees with license agreements with like Tommy Bahama or Vera Bradley or Vineyard Vines. And those things are expensive. Not just that. I looked at all the Vineyard Vines at Couture and Clothier when we were at Grand Floridian last week and they had some beautiful shirts, but they were just standard Vineyard Vines. I live in New England. I'm a 45-minute ferry ride away from Martha's Vineyard. I don't need to buy the standard Vineyard Vines. If one of those Vineyard Vine polos had a Disney logo on it, I would have walked out with one, but they're just missing that in between. But some of it is, I just think it's too expensive too. Like, just to your point, give me a brand that is, you know, a, a more upscale brand without being like luxury brand so that it's it's just more affordable because... It's really difficult to find. And even like, you know, looking at Loungeflies, when Loungefly first became a thing and they were selling those backpacks, I loved them. But I feel like even Loungefly, like they've become so over the top with just, you know, the characters all over them that they're not they're For me, they feel like they're for one time use. And if I'm buying something for a hundred bucks, I want to use it more than one time. Or, you know, use it for more than one outfit or if I'm going into one park, I want to have a bag that's going to be my bag for the trip. And so, you know, having something that has all of these characters all over it versus just like a rose gold sequence bag with a bow on it, you know, it, it's it's different. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I think that I've I've come to the realization that I'm kind of I'm aging out of the desirable demographic. You know, I I have an advertising background and the the most, you know, like the desirable demographic was always 25 to 54. And I realized like I'm approaching the high end of that demographic. Yeah, but the thing is, you're 20 years away from aging into the next demographic that they sell to because that demographic is represented. Yeah. We said this on, uh, I forget which other um, episode, but This social media influencer effect, I feel like, plays into the merchandise because Disney wants their stuff to stand out in pictures so that when people are, you know, posting their pictures and their TikTok videos, it is very clear what is on the shirt, what the brand is. And if you have some small, subtle logo, you're not going to see that. Just give me one store, one gift shop. That's all I'm asking. You can pack the Emporium full of your kitschy loud brash in your face disney stuff give me one shop i don't care where it is if it's saratoga if it's somewhere at the springs if it's old key west if it's a backwater at epcot i will go to that shop and i will spend an astounding amount of money just give me one shop well i feel like they also need to acknowledge the fact that the dvc member it doesn't want the same merch as like the one-time visitor or the one, the once every three to five year visitor. We want to wear stuff that we come all the time. We want to wear stuff that is going to transition in between vacation and daily wear. That's what I want. And, and they used to do a great job at it. Uh, you know, we said it before, but even I remember one of my favorite, I, it was a, a different fleece that I had, but it was for the millennial celebration, it just had that like very subtle embroidered logo over here that had like the 2000 with the um, embroidered kind of logo with like the different part, you know, the the castle, the tree, the spaceship earth, yep, the the four icons. Yeah, but it, it was just small and subtle and the rest of it was just gray and comfy and I loved it and I wore it all the time. And that is the type of thing, like if if you want your DVC members to be your best ambassadors, give us stuff that we're going to wear so that we're wearing it out and about and people can ask us about it and like say, oh, what's what is a Disney Vacation Club member? But I'm not going to wear it if it says, you know, it had the one that has like the arrows on the back. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, it's, a circle it's got with Mickey like this... with binoculars and a safari hat and there's arrows, yeah. and there's circles <laughs> and there's DVC member. And the other thing, too, is you talk about DVC members, they need to keep track of what the demographic of their membership is. That demographic, we've talked about it, is changing. 
And I think they need to keep pace with that if they want to continue to sell that merch to us. Or maybe they don't. I don't know, but I would love to wear it. I mean, I just had a custom license plate bracket made for my wife for Christmas that arrived today because she wants to proudly show her DVC membership in our home resort. And they didn't make that. So I had to go and have one made. They want to... You know, we've talked about it. We know we're not members of an exclusive little club, but that's how we feel. So cater to that and take our money. Well, to that point, I order stuff from Etsy all the time. I I think that I probably in the past two years have spent more money on Etsy and Poshmark. So either buying something that somebody has created or buying something that somebody bought in 2005, I would rather buy some somebody's used item than some of this stuff, like the 2024 merch with these big giant neon block numbers and letters. I, I mean, that's just not it for me. And so there, and there was one shirt that I was like, oh, well, I, I mean, this could be cute. And I asked the cast member, does this glow in the dark? Because I thought, oh, well, that could be fun if you wore it at night. Right, neon day glow, in. especially with the new space at Epcot, this would be perfect. Yeah. And she said, no. I was like, wait, so you're making these neon letters and this is not going to glow in the dark? What is happening here? So that's where I'm like, sold right next to a space that's neon glowing in the dark. Who would have thought about that, huh? Yeah. Or like going into Pandora at night and having the merch glow in the dark. I mean, I actually bought on Etsy glow in the dark mini ears that are themed to Pandora so that I could wear them at night there. The fact that Disney like created a glow in the dark space and isn't selling glow in the dark merch uh, like apparel. I mean, I just that I'm with you. I feel like I like my wish is that I could sit down with the merch people and be like, listen, we need to have a talk. Right. Like I always say, you look at the Epcot 35 gear. If I look over my shoulder here, I I'm afraid to tell you what I spent on that retro looking Epcot 35 gear. I have everything they made sometimes two because it was so cool and I knew I'd wreck it and want to wear it. And then they make this big deal about Epcot 40. It's the 40th anniversary. They bring in all the retro people and it's all this bright red rainbow, not retro at all. Like if you were going to do rainbow, go back to the silver spaceman Mickey and the rainbow that was there. Right. They just missed the mark. It's like they're not even trying. And remind me too, have you ever looked at my wife's Etsy page? She's got it's her hobby. No, She's got a ton of Disney stuff. I'll have to send it to you. It's like what she does. Definitely. She, what what's it called? Let's promote it here so everyone can take a look at it. M as in the letter M L E Creations. Like Emily, except the letters M L E. And that's that's her hobby. She sews all kinds of bags and headbands, and a ton of it is Disney stuff for that exact reason. Sewing is kind of her hobby in her getaway, and she loves Disney stuff, and she couldn't find anything that she liked. So she started making it herself. That's how wide open that market is. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely check it out because I'm always on Etsy looking for stuff that is more my taste than what exists in the parks. She was selling flowering garden headbands before Disney decided they wanted to sell flowering garden headbands because she was like, that would be really cool. I'll make some. And then a year later, she couldn't sell any because Disney had them in the parks. Yeah, I bought a pair of... uh... Um, food and wine festival ears back in like 2018 or 19 before they started like really selling selling them and they were like my favorite ears and then disney started selling them but again they're like overdone Mm -hmm. i mean i just feel like disney like overdoes everything like they don't know like the art of subtlety and but i mean we're seeing that in the resorts too where it's like just ip everywhere it's like no longer the subtle touches it's like Let's paint an entire wall. I've said it before. We went from loving my poly studios to when I get up in the morning in my boxer briefs to make a cup of coffee. There's Hey Hey looking at me. It's just a little weird. And I like Hey Hey. So what's next on your list? Oh, let's see. Uh, We just came back. And I know this is going to fall on deaf ears because it's a huge moneymaker. But less holiday parties or less people in the park for the parties. The week and a half we were there. I think there were six nights out of 10 had parties at Magic Kingdom, which meant you had two options. The nights that we would duck our heads into Magic Kingdom that were not party nights, you couldn't move. It was an hour and a half to get on anything. So, of course, we went to the holiday party one night. We had pre-planned that. 
we have been to Halloween parties. We've been to Christmas parties. We have been to after hour parties. We've been to dessert parties. We have done all of the experiences over the years. And I have never, ever seen a park for a party so crowded. We were in the middle of Tomorrowland and could not move maybe an hour and a half after the party started. I mean, could not move. It was shoulder to shoulder the busiest Saturday you've ever seen. And this is supposed to be an exclusive after hours event. The parades and fireworks, 90 minutes before both of them. Now, if you remember, typically you could miss the first parade. You'd watch the fireworks. The second parade, you could more or less pick your spot. It was just as busy for the second parade as it was for the first one. 90 minutes before the parade or the fireworks started, the hub you could not walk through. There was no way that the cast members were keeping it clear. There were just too many people. Frontierland was the same way. It was five or six deep, shoulder to shoulder. The kids couldn't see. It's the most crowded I've ever seen a party. And I get that they're money makers. And I get that the chance of getting Disney to cut those back is less than zero. But it did not make for a pleasant experience. You couldn't truly enjoy Magic Kingdom any of those nights because either A, it was just completely overburdened with people who weren't going to the party, or B, we had a $1,000 night that we didn't get to do a whole lot because it was just that crowded. And it's becoming problematic to visit at the holidays because they're overselling the parties and forcing everybody else into the park on the alternating nights. And it just was not enjoyable. Yeah, last year when I went to the uh, Christmas party, I left that night saying I'm. It's going to be a while before I I spend money for one of these after hour ticketed events again because the previous year I had had a dis a disappointing experience at it wasn't um it wasn't the Mickey's not so scary it's whatever they were boobash is that what they were calling uh, it? the that? the yeah the the boobash that was that cut yeah. down post pandemic one. Yeah. Um, I, I just, because of the number of people that were in the parks, I just felt like I can't, I, I'm not getting done. That, that was the, that was the draw was that you were spending the money and you were able to do everything that you wanted to do in this, you know, condensed period of time. And it served as, you know, I, I, and at that time I wasn't an annual pass holder. So at that time I actually like felt like I was getting, an extra day, like I could fit in my Magic Kingdom day during one of those parties because I was able to do like every ride, walk on, see all of the things that they were offering at, you know, at the party and feel like I had a great time, like left there feeling like just so happy. Like it was like a really magical experience. And now it's just, I, I feel like I've spent a lot of money. It It cannot be a, a replacement for a park day at all. I just feel frustrated. I mean, as people know, I've made it clear on other podcasts, like when it gets really crowded, I just don't enjoy myself. You know, I don't enjoy the Grand Floridian lobby because I feel like I'm at the mall during Christmas when I'm there. I don't enjoy these like shoulder to shoulder experiences at the park and when you're paying that type of money it's just not worth it so i 100 percent agree with you we walked out after the party this year and said the exact same thing and the christmas party has been a tradition for us for years and we left this year and said we're going to take next year off we're just not doing this again first of all and i'll just throw it out there my like five dollar and 75 cent dvc discount Quit pretending that you care about me. Just take the 575. And I know there's people out there that are going to say, well, I'll take my 575. You know what? I don't need $5.75 or $10 or whatever it was worth of virtue signaling. Whatever. I'll just pay full price. We have photos of 2018, 2019, after hours events in May, Christmas parties, you name it, where there are empty sections. And I'm not asking just for empty sections. Just make the park manageable. And the park was not at all manageable. I'll tell you that if we had walked into Magic Kingdom on a regular night and seen this kind of crowd, we would have turned around and walked out of Magic Kingdom. It was that busy. And I paid $169 or $179 a person for the pleasure of being that frustrated. A half hour after the party started, there was not a single mobile order available for 90 minutes. That's how busy that park was. Not a single mobile order location anywhere in the park that had less than a 90-minute wait 
30 or 45 minutes after the party started. You don't see that at noontime on a Sunday, and that's what it was for the party. No, that's completely bananas. Yeah. that They need to do something because it's just... Unfortunately, they won't do something until the market dictates it, and as long as those parties are still selling out, they've got a captive audience. Yeah. Well, I, I feel as though because of the fact that we get to go so frequently as DVC members... I have found so many things that I enjoy doing during the holidays at Disney World where I don't feel like I'm missing out if I don't go to the parties because we were just there and I had a great time. And I literally rode four rides the entire time I was there by choice, not because I couldn't get on one, but by choice and just had a a great time, you know, visiting the different resorts and even being in the parks and just like checking out, like not, you know, kind of like the off the beaten path things. I I can get the Christmas spirit without dropping a thousand bucks and feeling frustrated about it. Yeah, I think when Emily and I were there for wine and dine, I think it's just a different type of trip. We did a lot of the laid back low key things we typically don't do. But when you show up with a couple of little kids around Christmas time for their once or twice a year trip, they want to get into the parks. They want to do the rides. We had to be really strategic this time. And I know we've had previous trips where we've done some, you know, the e-ticket rides a few times. That was not a possibility this trip. We had to be very strategic about you know, Genie Plus, and that's also on my list. We could move on. But yeah, it was it was a different experience this year, and it was noticeable to us. Yeah. What's next on your list? I feel like, well, I kind of feel like that's a good segue because I, I feel as though, you know, as we're, as we're talking about park crowds, I'll always come back to the fact where I, I, I really just, I'm really looking forward to them doing something with Animal Kingdom to make this a park that is going to absorb more people for a longer amount of time because there's just too many people going to Disney world now. And so I really, my wish is I have, so this is a two part wish. My number one is that they would really expand Hollywood studios. I have posted it on, on the DVC clubhouse Facebook page. There is space for them to expand. If they just bumped out past um, where Muppet Vision 3D is and Mama Melrose the and all of Grand that. Grand Ave a, section there. Yeah. And there's cast parking right behind that. And then beyond that is where the um the Star the Galactic Star Cruiser. I was gonna say was, there's a ton is. of open space ready to be yeah. used there. <laughs> and so uh, there is a, a huge like they could build a new land at Hollywood Studios. And in fact, I thought at um what's it called the d23 um a destination conference D. like yeah I, that they were going to announce because they kept because they had the muppets there i thought that they were for sure going to be announcing that they were going to have like a muppets land that was the worst tease ever those of us that are old school muppet fans saw them on stage to begin with and we were like yes there's going to be muppets and they talked about a big performance from Miss Piggy. I had my hopes up. And then you want to talk about a sad trombone. I'm like, wait, where's the Steve yeah. Jobs? But wait, one more thing moment. They just they ended. There's no Muppets. Yeah. And so I was waiting. I was like, that's it. They're going to announce it. I've I've been calling it. They're going to announce a, a Muppets land over there. And then it ended and there was nothing. So that's that's which and it doesn't have to be Muppets. I mean, I think it makes sense because they've been Hush, stick with Muppets. We all love Muppets. Don't give them the. Out. Yeah. And because I mean. The Haunted Mansion Muppets movie was like, uh, honestly, one of like the most delightful things that I've ever seen in my life. I would concur. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we just love the Muppets. Like they are a great IP that is completely underutilized. And then you have all that space over there. So that's number one. And number two is, as we all know, Dinoland USA is just a sad sack right now. It's like a big empty space that people basically just walk through to get to dinosaur if they decide they want to ride dinosaur and then they leave. I feel like I need to post the drawing I sent you up in the show notes of what I would do with Dino Land. You should. Definitely. And again, to plug our DVC <laughs> Clubhouse Facebook page, go ahead and join the 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 page and then you can see Phil's beautiful artwork. Very artistic rendering I did with a Sharpie and a legal pad in about four seconds and imagine here i am not but 
that area is, you know, begging for something. And and I mean, it's not that Disney doesn't know, but they are just they've been very vague in what they're going to do. And so, like, I, you know, a lot of people want it to be Zootopia. I don't really get the Zootopia thing because Zootopia is like a city, right? It's like animals that are basically humans that right, live in a which city. Is exactly contrary to what Joe Rody's plan for Animal Kingdom was. Right. They do not want anthropomorphic representation of animals. Animals should be in their natural right. habitat, not human-like. So I feel like there's one of two things that they could do. My first is just make that another, you know, because we have Asia, we have Africa, make it Australia because we have the Finding Nemo musical is right there. They can bring in that crush, the crush roller coaster that's overseas. They can turn the dinosaur into the rescuers down under, make that a themed, you know, keep that same ride technology. And we've all of a sudden got a, a land that has some sort that makes sense within the context of the park. And it drags people back there because right now I truly think dinosaur is such a short wait and a regular basis because you've got to traverse dino land to get back there. And it's just hidden in the back. And it's really a great ride, but you've got to make an effort to get there. Yeah, I love that ride. My other idea is because I was just in Costa Rica and it's while I was like laying at the pool in Costa Rica and literally had monkeys swinging around the pool. (laughs) For those who are not watching, my arms have been thrown yeah. up in victory. I love monkeys. I did not get to bring Phil a monkey, but I did send him a video of monkeys at the pool. It was amazing. And as I was lying there, I was thinking to myself, you know, I just think that, you know, Animal Kingdom is like this interesting kind of, it's an amazing park. Like the the theory behind, you know, the concept of the park is absolutely amazing. And you've got Animal Kingdom Lodge and it's, it kind of feels like it's in, it's in its own corner of Disney World. And to make that area be a little bit more like of a destination, I feel like if they built another resort that entered into the park and entered in over there into what is now Dino, Dino Land, but made it more of like a Central American kind of eco-touristy type of themed resort that entered into a part of the park that was themed after like the, you know, the, the jungles of like Costa Rica. There's certainly enough IP if they needed to theme it, but you could also go with Indiana Jones if you, if they wanted to in that, you know, dinosaur, because that's the same ride technology as they have. To be able to have a resort, like a D- like a Disney resort slash DVC resort that you could lie at the pool and have like monkeys swinging around you. And maybe that's like a part of what's kind of separating the park from the resort. I don't know. I just like I, I just felt like this resort that I was at, like the the person who I was traveling with literally said to me. I kind of feel like I'm in a Disney world right now, but this is real. And she said, like, it just goes to show what a good job Disney does at creating immersive environments that I'm here and I kind of feel like I'm at Disney. And so I was like, gosh, wouldn't it be so cool? And we were staying in these jungle bungalows that were like just surrounded by trees and bamboo. And you have like these monkeys swinging around. I was like, this would be so cool if there was a DVC resort that was kind of jungle themed that and that gave you an entry way into animal kingdom because i think that that would also drive traffic into that park because so you can see at disneyland people love that you can um enter into the park from the resort like that's phenomenal like really special so i think that animal kingdom would kind of gain new life if it had a resort that entered into a part of it and wasn't like the main entrance, you know, it's like a you, you come into a different part of the park that is exclusive to those resort guests or DVC members. So I would love to see something like that over there. So I'm laughing and just a brief story here. We're walking through Epcot last week and I can actually tell you now how aneurysms happen because as we're walking through Mexico, we pass this party of people and gentleman looks over at his significant other. I don't know if it was his wife. And he said, do you remember when we were in Mexico? It looked exactly like this, except it actually felt like you were there. And I just stopped dead in my tracks and looked over my shoulder 
it had to process it for a moment. Those ideas, those statements get in your head and bounce around. I'm still just in awe of that statement. So when you said it feels like we're at Disney, except you're really there, it's what it made me think of. Yeah. And I mean, because again, the Disney attention to detail when done well is unlike any other experience because they really can create an experience that is immersive, that makes you feel there in such an authentic way. So I feel like having a a resort themed after like these eco-tourist experiences and then having a, a part of the park that is themed that way as well so that you feel like, you know, kind of like at Grand Californian when you walk into that part of the park where you really feel like you've walked into a national park. Um, it just kind of carries that theming through. I think that would be amazing at Animal Kingdom. So if anybody's listening out there who, who makes up these blue sky ideas and just dangles them like carrots, please listen to us and do something over there. And people would pay for that exclusivity. We know that from Grand Californian. We know that from Disney Paris. People want that access. I mean, I know we stocked that reservation for six weeks to have that access, and I spent a lot of points to stay at Grand Californian. People will pay for that. All right, folks. So what we're going to do here is probably break here because it sounds like we've got a whole lot left on our list, and we'll be able to push this into a second episode because by my count, we are already over 50 minutes into this episode. So Amy, why don't you take us out of this one, and we'll continue again next time. We are nothing if not chatty. <laughs> that we are. Take us on out. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, if you're listening on Christmas, Merry Christmas. Um, thank you all for just being a, a great audience and for all of your feedback and just being a, a, an engaged group at, at the Facebook page. Again, follow us there if you don't. Follow us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. And until next time, we will DVC you real soon. See you guys. Happy holidays. And so our journey comes to an end. Oh, no, please. Can't we go back to page one and do it all over again? We started this thing together, and that's how we finish it. Because that, my friends, is where the magic lives. Happily ever.